This is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304s so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. I am not one bit surprised that you're looking at 230 million views breaking the internet effectively with that interview between Tucker and Trump versus 12.8 million on Nielsen ratings for Fox. So there's a certain irony, a sweet irony in this, and it's certainly not lost on me of all people. Do not forget, they didn't really like Trump very much over at Fox. That would be the Murdochs. That would be Paul Ryan's and the people in charge. You know, you know the drill. And they, they, they certainly didn't like anybody who they thought was making too much of an impact, myself included. Um, Dan Bongino, Lou Dobbs, and of course, Tucker Carlson, who was their biggest ratings draw that they ever had. So they tossed Tucker. And again, the sweet irony of this for Tucker and for Trump and, you know, I'm over here on the sidelines getting a kick out of it, is that you then had 230 million plus people tuning in, thereby beating Fox News, proving to Fox News that, you know what, you guys are dying a slow death. And you may hang on to a few subs that you've got. And, and I get it. You know, the, the cable companies are still going to pay you a little bit of money, a little few pennies here and there. But the truth is everything has shifted. And because of the business you are in as a legacy media company, you can't do what we're all doing right now. You can't actually have this sort of 3D environment go direct to the viewer. No, it's a very different, very staid, very artificial kind of product, complete with the bells and whistles of the prompter and the copy that's written. Never for me. I, I wouldn't, it's only the teases. I used to let producers write teases because I wasn't very good at the tease writing. I just give it all away, you know, because I just tell you everything that I think. But anyway, I, I always wrote everything myself. But that is, that is not normal by the way, in cable. What you usually have are producers writing a script and then, well, the anchor reads it from the teleprompter. And so it's a new game. It's a totally new game. And whether or not legacy media companies, and I don't mean to pick on Fox exclusively because they're all this way. I mean, look, the networks, ABC News, World, World News Tonight, I think it's called NBC Nightly News, CBS Evening News. I've worked for them. Like the, these shows, like nobody watches them anymore. I don't know anybody who watches these things anymore. It became cable and now it is this. And last night was proof. Hey everyone, Trish Regan here. If you enjoyed that clip, please do me the favor of subscribing to the channel. Just hit that little subscribe button right over there. Did I do that right? Uh, not quite, but you know where it is. Subscribe to the channel, hit the bell so that you get the alerts and I'll see you back on the show. Thank you.
Kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We need to build a wall. Hey, yo, speaking of building the wall, we got an episode. I am doing a new routine now or a new schedule. Which, earlier today, I uploaded an episode that incorporated what I did in the morning, which was about 37 minutes, and about 55 or 54 minutes um, during break, combined it into an hour and 30 plus minute episode. I will be doing that throughout the day because it's way more convenient than what I've been doing. And when I'm doing something nightfall, like right about now, 8.35 p.m., I will simply record this for tomorrow morning when I wake up and to give me the opportunity to start another episode. But I got to tell you, for the sake of Tuesday, I'm back with another episode and another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. So I've I've uh, went through YouTube earlier, grabbed some videos that I need not only for tonight or in this case for you guys, your Tuesday, but also grab some videos for break time. And also an episode for Nightfall, which will be uploaded the next day. But like I said, I'm back, man. Another episode, another edition. We got some uh, Fox News fuckery. Um, I believe we have Benny Johnson. Let me check real quick. Hold on. Yeah, it's got to be Benny Johnson. Anything that involves a skit in the beginning, it's usually Benny Johnson. Shout out to Benny Johnson. Uh, We also have Fox News, a clip from Fox News, which is uh, called Fights Erupt as Anger Over Migrant Crisis Boils Over. Now, this is taking place in New York. Um, I think this is the first time I'm technically covering the situation in New York. The first incident that I heard about where they were moving the migrants into uh, the inner cities, into the black communities, was in fact Chicago. I had I had little information about New York. I know New York is considered a sanctuary city, which means it's a dumping ground. 
for illegal immigrants. Let's just keep it funky. Let's keep it 1,000 with y'all. But uh, we got a good amount of things to go over. Besides the fights breaking out, the fights erupt as anger over migrant crisis boils over. We also got a video from, once again, Benny Johnson. And that video was called How Donald Trump Wins the Black Vote. All right. Spicy, spicy episode. Whole lot of shit to discuss. 19 minutes. 1919, 19 minutes and 19 seconds worth of content to go through. Let's make this under an hour or a little over an hour, nothing too major. But without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hello, everyone. This is Outnumbered. I'm Emily Campagno, and also joining me today, Fox Business anchor and host of American Dream Home on Fox Business, Cheryl Cassoni, Fox News contributor, Tammy Bruce former State Department spokesperson and founder of Polaris National Security, Morgan Ortegas, and Fox News contributor and host of The Guy Benson Show on Fox News Radio, Guy Benson. Now we begin with growing tensions surrounding New York City's dire migrant crisis. A crowd of more than 100 protesters gathered outside of Mayor Eric Adams' residence yesterday to call out the city's failed handling of the situation. Some accused the city of putting migrants before Americans, while fights broke out with nearby counter-protesters. NYPD officers made several arrests after that violence, including this woman who was- Yeah, they got some weird motherfuckers out here, bro. Keep in mind, I'm recording, right? Behind me on the corner is a cop that's just been parked up for about roughly 10, 15 minutes. Meanwhile, cops are circling around the block. Then out of nowhere, this weird motherfucker comes outside and just stands on the corner looking down at the cop and was just looking at my car. I was just mean mugging this nigga like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like niggas out here are fucking weirdos, man. That's why I stick to myself. Anyway, Dean trying to light the American flag on fire before stomping it into the ground. Wow. These migrant protests are now becoming increasingly common throughout the Big Apple as the city's blue leadership remains without an answer to the crisis. So far, over 100,000 migrants have entered the Big Apple in recent weeks, and officials say the city's shelter system is out of room. Many migrants. 100,000 has entered New York City. Now, this may sound crazy, but I think there was probably just as much in Chicago, if not more. The reason I'm saying this is because the outcry from Chicago has been a lot bigger than areas like New York City. Both areas, by the way, are Democrat-ran cities. This is something that you got to remember going forward, because all of these people that are in outrage about this are the same people that signed up for it, the same people that voted for it, the same people that wanted open borders. You've gotten what you voted for. Parents have been left with no choice but to sleep on the streets of this so-called sanctuary city. Mm-hmm. Tammy, you've been a long time resident here. 
What are your thoughts about this? Well, I was just, you know, we're always hearing about numbers and it's now 100,000 people is a lot of people. But to the year to date so far, year 2023 from the custom. Matter of fact, let's do something real quick. Um, We might play sounds later, but just in case my shit doesn't crash. <gasps> Excuse me. Just in case my phone crashes. <clears throat> I want to look up the New York City population. In 2021, the population of New York City was 8,467,513. Now, for you guys wondering, that could be compared to Los Angeles. I did not notice. Los Angeles with only 3.8 million and Chicago with only 2.6, although if you want to round it, 2.7 million from 2001. So already 8.4 million. Add 100,000 more immigrants to a city that's not thriving at the moment, a city with not a great crime. And it's interesting I'm bringing up these three uh, cities because they're listed. Um, major... Democratic uh, strongholds, Los Angeles, L.A., New York City, Chicago, major Democratic strongholds with a large number of black residents who voted Democrat, who are also dealing with the situation with the migrant issue, this migrant crisis that has taken place. All right. Border Patrol page. 2.49 million encounters. Now that does not say that that's, they've seen everyone, right? But these are the people that we know have moved in. So when you think about a sanctuary city, New York is a sanctuary city, California, sanctuary state, Los Angeles, sanctuary city, incentivizing, right? Or there's funny. We just went through the numbers. Chicago is also a sanctuary city as well as Los Angeles, as well as New York city to be ready for this. They've invited people effectively to come, that we are here for you. That's a sanctuary city dynamic. So when you've got, you know, 100,000 people straining this New York area, what about El Paso? What about those small towns? The places where the other 2.3 million people have gone. Certainly 100,000 is not 2.3 million. Major areas to look out for. Texas. I've heard rumors about San Antonio, Texas, and how um, they were trying to pour in through there. A lot of these areas, a lot of these border towns, these towns that are right near the border, this is where they got to worry about the most because they can easily turn these places into sanctuary cities where a lot of these people can be. Now, main problem, one of the... uh, one of the major problems would be health, right? What are what are the health conditions of these people coming into the country? Um, and I'm not saying this to say that they're dirty, but if they don't have proper health care, then they can be coming into the country with anything. All right. That being said, also the crime element. The crime element is very important because you're mentioning a lot of these areas where they're taking over is predominantly black areas. So you have an area that's already, in most cases, riddled with crime. 
uh, riddled with a drug problem, riddled with gang problems. Now you add illegal immigrants who are in some cases tied into MS-13, who are in some cases tied into some um, Latino gang of some sort who, you know, gets free roam, gets free range in the country. Now they can just spread their gangs. They can spread their uh, their drugs. Nobody's really talking about uh, nobody's talking about fentanyl anymore, which I find puzzling. I mean, what are these things coming from? The manufacturers of fentanyl has been proven to be from China and some of the distributors, uh, excuse me, some of the distributors are actually those south of the border. So think about that as well going into the immigration issue. So this is this is an issue for the country, but it is in part due to this incentivizing by these messages that have gone international, that we want you to come, we are ready for you to come. So, of course, it makes sense. When people come over the border, they don't say, I want to settle in El Paso. They say, I want to go to New York. Who doesn't want to come to the, one of the greatest cities in the world? Who doesn't want to go to Los Angeles? I don't want to go to New York. I know that. <coughs> But then again, I'm from Jersey, so that's like a hop, skip, and a jump away. Or a long-ass drive dealing with traffic. Or a decent ride taking a train. I can get to New York City. New York City, I can understand other people outside of the tri-state area, outside of the region that may want to go to New York. Maybe someone from down south, they want to go to New York. Just like people from up here who want to go to Atlanta. The dynamic changes because some people live in environments that they generally don't belong in. I look at New Jersey, Philadelphia and New York the same way. These are areas that I've been been to been through most parts of New York, most parts of Philadelphia. I mean, not Philadelphia, uh, PA. And that's saying a lot. It's a long. It's a, it's a lot. So it's a, it's a large state. I've been in most parts, uh, most parts, at least drove through most parts went through events scattered and PA, you know, I don't see it as major, um, Los Angeles, even to an extent, I would understand someone from the East coast who would like Los Angeles, right? Just because of the fact that it's in the opposite part of the country, right? It's something new. The people, the environment, the palm trees, the beautiful cars, the beautiful women. New York, depending on where you're at, technically has those things. But because we, as in people, those who live in the tri-state area, shout out to New York, shout out to Jersey, shout out to PA, and shout out to the DMV as well, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, it's different in other places. <clears throat> Nobody's really in the East Coast. And I wonder how people in the West Coast feel. Like, how do y'all feel about New York? And how do y'all feel about the East Coast? What other places in the East Coast is there that's popular without New York? Um, some people would say Boston. Um, like I said, there's not a lot of major areas up north, Philadelphia. Um, that's really it. Besides, you know, if you're going into the DMV area, Washington, D.C., just for the White House and sort of that American nostalgia 
of what America used to be until it turned into a fucking hellhole. Whatever floats your boat. So these movements are happening by choice, but also this is where people want to go when they're crossing that border. Cheryl, coming to the other New Yorker here, you know, 82% of New Yorkers say that this influx of migrants is a serious problem and over half of voters disapprove of the governor's job addressing this crisis. Because Governor Hochul has been absent during this crisis. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams has constantly said that he needed help, he needed assistance. He's been crying for federal funding for the Biden administration. It's a joke what the Biden administration has offered the city of New York. To Tammy's point, this is a right to shelter city. This the sanctuary city. This is what you get. You get what you vote for in New there York. There you Having go. Said that is the way. There you go. Now I think Fox, in a lot of ways, get a bad rep, and the reason why is they did they they did a hopscotch type of move, right? They went from Team Trump, and then I think Team I, I think I think Trump has said something about one of the anchors or one of the reporters on Fox, which didn't go well with Fox. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't just coincidence because this might just be coincidence. But right after that time, I noticed different areas, Fox News in different areas, were really supporting Ron DeSantis. And I pointed this out before. It's going to be a split, but it's always like that during election. I think now it's more prevalent when you see somebody like DeSantis get support where he really doesn't have much momentum. I mean, the guy is a bore to listen to. He's not really addressing much. But if we're talking about a politician, I guess he would be a good choice. Uh, Michael Pence is the same way. He's he he has the car. He has a cardboard box personality. He has a cardboard box personality. He has no character. He has no traits. He always has a blank. <clears throat> he always has a blank sort of puzzled stare on his face. And then you got these other guys who are in the Republican side. They're not looking so good. I mean, Trump really fucked it up for the Republicans. And I say this in a positive way because I don't consider myself much of a Republican to begin with. But what I'll say is for a person like Trump, and we're going to get in more with Trump in the black vote later. But the thing about Trump is that people who try to categorize him, they usually are inaccurate they're off i mean you got a guy who was based in new york city the guy at one point could have been a stone cold liberal for all we know but where he is at today he is seeing that the liberals have went far left and went way too radical the left being the hypocrites that they are will say the same about a lot of those who are right wing they've became too radical in other words, if you should if you support Trump, you're a radical. If you support Trump, then they can categorize you. They can put you in that special category. Me, I'll wear it with a fucking badge, all right? <clears throat> I'll I'll I will wear it like a badge. 
It's Trump 2024 over here. I'm black. I'm a black. All right. Realist. I'm a nigga. All right. Realistically. So I don't I don't go with. And this goes with this goes against the grain with a lot of black folks who get involved in politics because they're victims of their own identity. That's identity politics. When the black is the victim of his own identity, other people can use his identity and pander to it and therefore use it against him because they don't have the best intentions for the black, especially these Democrats. They've handled that that I think is what you're seeing on your screen now play out with these fights that broke out in Staten Island in front of Gracie Mansion over the weekend. New Yorkers are fed up because these... And they're dumping them off in Staten Island. <clears throat> wow. Well, that's different. I think they knew a little bit better about bringing them into the other boroughs, I guess. Brooklyn would not have been a good move. The blacks in Brooklyn ain't playing around. They ain't playing games. The niggas in Queens, Hispanics in Queens, Hispanics in Brooklyn, they would... They wouldn't even dare drop them niggas off near Bronx. Shout out to the Boogie Down Bronx. <clears throat> Had a couple of uh, associates that I used to do a lot of content with. Well, not a lot, but we did enough content from the Bronx. I remember, uh, I remember I was, it wasn't a video call. It was a live video call. And I was talking to this one dude that was from the Bronx and just he was in he was in one of the project areas <clears throat> and i was just blown away by the architecture of the area that he was at so i asked him to flip the camera around and it was beautiful it was it was a nice area <clears throat> but it's the bronx don't get it fucked up i know it's kind of like <clears throat> where certain areas like california was actually one of the first areas that i know of where where niggas, niggas from the East Coast, like myself, would look at places in Cali and go, well, damn, Cali looks like a nice, it looks like a nice area. You're in the hood and you got houses that are put together properly. People realistically take care of their communities, but shit goes down in those communities. You know what I mean? Niggas get taken out in those communities, man. Shit is real out there. But... It wasn't, it, it didn't hit New York until like five, I would say like five, five to eight years ago. And what happened was they decided <clears throat> with gentrification and, and how, however black people feel about it, black folks, black folks should want white people to move in the area because white people ain't going to be in no fucking fucked up area, fucked up community. They're going to be the ones that speak out in the city hall meetings about fixing things in the area. But black folks be too caught up in the race shit. And they think, oh, well, these white folks trying to take over. No, they just trying to find a decent fucking affordable place to live at. And they fucked up moving in the area where the blacks are. Let's be honest. You ask me, where do I want to live? I want to live in the wilderness. I already have it mapped out. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to reach out to Elon Musk and tell him like, yo, the boxable homes. I want to invest in three of them bitches. I want three of them. 
I want one. I want two of them side by side. But it's going to be difficult. I either want two side by side and one on top as an upstairs area. For people that don't know about boxable homes, look it up, by the way. I want that. And I want three boxable homes. Like I said, two next to each other and one on top. Um, one side, like in the downstairs area, one complete home will just be a studio. And I will use that to do the videos that I plan on doing in the future. Yes, I plan on going on to MGTOW.TV. I never had a chance to do it, but now I'm going to do it since I have the ability to record live video from there. I might as well start doing that eventually. But I want one area for boxable homes. Just look it up, please. It's B-O-X. I think it's B-O-X. L homes, I think. Box L homes or some shit. Or it's it's called boxable. Elon Musk has a lot to do with it. It's the future. All right. It's houses that literally fold out. Um, it takes one truck to lift everything and assemble a home. It's it's the future, and I think it's made with a three D printer and shit. And it uses sort of like a safe but strong, sturdy um, environmental products that that is stormproof and all that. But one side, I want a studio. The next side, I want sort of the kitchen slash living room slash dining room area. And then upstairs, I want like my setup, my bedroom, you know, and, and it's going to be laid out. Uh, bathroom up there, um, shower area up there game systems it's all it's all street dreams hood dreams man you got to start somewhere but that's what i want i don't want to be around if anything i'd be around conservative white people so i live down south where pretty much bible belt area where i would pretty much just easily get along with um a lot of the whites in that area um like dude i live in a fucking war zone i live I live like four blocks away from a street that is entirely rainbow flags. And then five blocks, the opposite side, <clears throat> there's a community center that has and in this order at the top, you have the pride flag, the rainbow flag underneath it. You have the black lives matter flag. And then underneath that, you have the American flag. Like I live in the war zone right now. I am not one of these people. I am an alien. I, I, I figured it out. I don't belong here because I'm an alien and I don't subscribe to all this petty nonsense and bullshit and fuckery and foolishness and pandering and, and, and fucking victimhood bullshit. I'm just not into it. These communities are being invaded with no notice. You know, there's no input. All of a sudden, it's happened twice. There's two different shelters in my neighborhood, guys. And both of these uh, shelters were filled up in the middle of the night. Ugh. The buses are showing up. I'm, I'm not kidding. They're showing up in the, the midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, because they don't want the, the television cameras out there. The way that they are doing this it is sneaky. It is underhanded. Curtis Lewa, I got to say, 
three times he's been arrested in the last two weeks. Then he goes home to his Upper West Side apartment with all of his cats. He cares about New York. He loves New York. And he's furious. Well, respectfully, okay, so Cheryl said you get what you vote for. I voted for Lee Zeldin. And that's why, in part, I mean, when you see these this footage guide, people are angry. Yep. And to buttress Tammy's point on the math, Roughly since Biden took office, we've seen 7 million illegal border crossings, including known Godaway. 7 million. So, yeah. 7 million. <clears throat> 7 million coming into the country. Well, who can you blame for that? Who's responsible? Who's, who's the president? If this was Trump, <coughs> they would be just as mad. And the funny thing about it is they're the same ones that are about the borders and all that shit. But if Biden's doing it, if Biden has that opportunity to do it, there's no problem. There's no consequences. There's no repercussions. There's barely little to no criticism or judgment by the left, at least. 100,000 people, that is going to be a strain on resources, etc. It is less than one and a half percent of the border cross. So they said seven million, correct? So there's what, 8.4 or 8.5 million in New York City? He just let in almost the same amount of individuals that populate New York City. Think about that. On Joe Biden's watch. So I did see Governor Hochul finally, and there was a headline that she was calling out the Biden administration. I said, okay, maybe this is too little too late, but at least she's saying something. But then I read what she said, and she tried to blame virtually all of this problem in New York on the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. She said it all started with Greg Abbott putting people on buses. Now, it all started way before Greg Abbott had to deal with these folks. And it starts at the top. And the Biden administration's policies, Hochul's solution that she's out there advocating for is for the federal government to give tons of new benefits to the illegal immigrants, which will be part. And what does those benefits come with? Does it come with the right to vote? What have I been talking about from the beginning? Now, if if I'm right with, about this, I really need my flowers. I'm going to say that again. If I'm right about the illegal immigrants being let into the country to be given special treatment by federal government and by big government, by the establishment in order to vote... In order to vote, I'm correct. If that's the case, then I've been right this entire time. I brought this up since this situation became a situation. I mean, let's be honest, man. Even if you look at Barack Obama, Barack Obama deported uh, more illegal immigrants than Donald Trump. When it came to those vehicles that had those little cages, that was actually made under the Obama administration. And then Biden tried to shift the blame on Trump like a fucking idiot. The incentive problem and just pour even more gasoline on the fire. It's like, by the way, not only can you come to the US, federal taxpayers are gonna give you, she was talking about healthcare and education and housing and all this stuff. That's her big solution. Blame the government. So you think, and let me ask y'all a question, a serious question. And I, and I know I'm right. If they're willing to do all these things, you got people who are homeless in this country, U.S. citizens, don't even have opportunity to running water. 
But you have these illegals coming in, no citizenship, given the given the golden fucking ticket to take full advantage of the country. More advantage than whites? More advantage than the blacks? The blacks! More advantage than the U.S. citizen. So, of course, you're going to have the people stand up against it. It's a slippery slope because... You know, politically, you can look at the situation and say, well, it's racist. Okay, we don't want these people in our country. So this is racism. If I'm saying the same thing as the white man, it has nothing to do with race. Meaning if if I can sit back, I have Hispanic in-laws. I have Hispanic nieces and nephews or at least half Hispanic nieces and nephews. I'm not a racist, but if people take it that way, fuck it. They don't belong in the country, then they don't belong in the goddamn country. You can't find my black ass in Tijuana. You can't find my black ass in Mexico City. The cartel would have my head on a stick, my nigga. Fuck you talking about. We don't want them here. Period. That's why I want Trump back in. Trump come back in, he get National Guards, take all these niggas back to where the fuck they from and leave them there. Get that border locked down. What do you think niggas wanted the wall for, you stupid motherfuckers? All y'all niggas that was talking about, oh, that's racist to build a wall. Y'all wish y'all had that motherfucker now. Now, think about it. Y'all wish y'all had a wall now, didn't you? Think about it. Y'all know y'all fucked up, right? Y'all niggas in New York voted Democrat. Y'all know y'all fucked up, right? You know you've gotten what you asked for, right? Texas and make the magnet for illegal immigration even stronger. It's wild. And isn't that the point? So, you know, your expertise is national security. And the point is, as these local economies and cities are being devastated, at its heart, it's a national security origin and issue. Well, it's the number one national security threat, our undefended border. Uh, We have over 80-something people on the terror watch list who have gotten through just this year alone. So these are are people, these are people on the terror watch list. Now, I like to say these are the terrorists that are stupid enough to get caught. But still, these are people that are crossing over over the border. So you have geopolitical issues and concerns. Guy and I were just talking about China, uh, Russia. China. You have those concerns from a geopolitical perspective. But this is our number one national security issue that we face as a country. And, you know, Emily, I was thinking as you guys were having the conversation, the administration has to know this is bad policy. When you have Democrat politicians, Democratic politicians on the border in Texas saying this isn't good, when you have the mayor of New York City screaming to the Democratic president and to this administration saying this. You want to hear something that's semi-geopolitical? Think about this. The president that we currently have is supporting the Ukraine and is getting the fellow Americans to support Ukraine. The former president would have prevented the situation from taking place. I know this confidently because he has prevented conflict in the past. Okay? Quite simply, common sense. I don't give a fuck if you like this nigga or not. I fuck with this nigga. All right? Donald Trump I'm talking about. Orange is the new black. You saw the last episode in the beginning, in the morning or should I say yesterday morning, wink, wink, when Trump had the AI rap song? It's absolutely disgusting. It's funny as hell, though. 
he's shouting out rappers and shit. Like it's just it's just terrible. But it's funny as hell. And the guy, he he ended up getting like seven million views or from or seven million views or likes or whatever from that song. But you're reaching a point now, it's like you got a president. And I want y'all to think about this. You have a current president who supports the Ukraine. The previous president, and I'm not saying he would blindly support Russia, but I think he has more, Trump has more of the tolerant aspect to sit down and shake hands with Putin. There's not a lot of presidents that's able to do that. Um, Kim uh, Kim Jong-un, there's not a lot of presidents that went out there, that's going out there in, in Korea and fucking with these niggas, man, because these niggas are crazy. They got they got nuclear weapons and shit. I always wondered did did we do we have weapons? We should we should have the same shit these niggas be having. Worse, fuck that. We should have more, and we should have deadlier weapons. I know that's fucked up to say, but you know it's about protection. We're not dictating. We're not dictating, but I'm just saying. I would be more in support of just saying fuck it because niggas niggas know that China fucked us over. Motherfuckers today know that China fucked us over. Yet we just sitting back and and not doing nothing about it. Our military became not soft because there's a lot of, you know, legit men in service. But there's certain aspects of it that became weak. You got you got. Guys acting like women and and they're marching along women. You got women acting like men and they're marching along men. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's despicable, actually. That's what it really is. It's despicable. But one of the things that isn't despicable is... uh, the number, the 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 uprising of black supporters of Donald J. Trump. Some people go, well, how can you say that? All the videos that I've been playing, all these niggas that's coming out talking about Trump and shit in a positive way to ATL, everybody cheering and all the and all the uh, the women there yelling for Trump, free Trump, free that nigga Trump. It's a it's a rap for these Democrats. It's over for them. Good day to be alive. Good time to be alive. To see the shift politically, I'm almost getting goosebumps from it. To see the shift politically take place, where blacks are beginning to think for themselves. They're not just Democrats by default. You understand? They get a more worldly perspective. They be, they become more capable of thinking freely and being true individuals. And people, people always, it's the group think people that always get weary when you mention words like independence or you mention words like individual because they need another life form in order to have life. The life that's within them, they can't acknowledge it because they don't see it. They only see that light in other people and they constantly chase 
that light. They chase that enlightenment, if you want to put it that way. They don't see the true potential within themselves. So they allow themselves to be easily influenced. So when you mention individualism or when you mention a person that's just on his own path, their reaction is comical because either they downplay or they'll blatantly shame that person for thinking his own way and having his own opinion. And then when you simply sit back with these people and ask them, what are their opinions about politics or their opinions about this or that? They're puzzled. They don't know what the fuck to say. They're thinking about uh, whatever CNN news media fucking article that they heard 20 minutes ago. It's a good, I need help. They know these policies are a problem, but here's the thing. I don't think they're paying the price for them politically. And in 2022, they kept the Senate. And when you look at the places that are complaining in New York and in California, these are states to be quite frank, from a political perspective, will go for President Biden uh, in 2024. So until they start to actually pay a price politically, I'm not sure that they're going to change. I remember back when we had so many Syrian migrants uh, and and, uh, Libyan migrants that were going to Italy. The reality is, and outside of all that, because after this, I'm done. I'm done with the video because they're going too far out. Outside of that, these places that are going to vote for Biden, they are feeling the, the effects of Bidenomics. They're feeling the effects on the gas costs. They're feeling the effects with the inflation. So I don't know what the fuck this bitch is talking about. The fuck? Outside of immigration, fuck these immigrants. And I don't give a fuck about it. Cause, and, and fuck these people that let these immigrants in. I don't care what white face they are, what fucking state they represent, what power they represent, what people they represent, what establishment they represent. I am anti-establishment. I am anti-big government. All right? I don't consider myself MAGA, but I do consider myself a Trump supporter. I did vote for Obama 2008, but that was before I broke away from the identity politics and group think and learned to think for myself. A lot of folks, they're still stuck in the think tank, right? And they're stuck in the group think mentality and they're stuck in the hive mind mentality. So all of them have to identify with one another. The person who disagrees or when someone says something like, um, you know, the government, the government is great, right? The people who are in position are the people that need to be in position. We support Joe Biden. We loved Barack Obama. We thought Barack Obama was great for blacks. We thought anybody else couldn't connect to the blacks. And then later on or not even later on. 10 fucking years ago, they said the same thing about fucking uh, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton has a good connection to the black audience, the black community. The black vote is solidly behind Bill Clinton. What was Bill Clinton doing in the back, behind the scenes? Incarcerating the most Negroes in presidential history with the crime bill that was also signed, co-signed, whatever the fuck you want to call it, by Joe Biden. But since a lot of the blacks, they're not they're not informed. So they look at stumbling, fumbling, sliding Joe Biden, a peasant, a peon, a nobody. I mean, does he know where he's at? Does he know what position does he? He said before that he was a Senate. These guys are failures. 
you can't look at politicians today and take them seriously. I know I don't. That's why I fuck with Trump. I look at Trump and it's like you compare Trump. You can't really compare Trump to anybody politically. I mean, I compare him to Abraham Lincoln easily because his misrepresentation by the general public and what he truly stood for. I've stated that Abraham Lincoln's one of my favorite presidents. Now, I didn't obviously didn't live during that time, but through the history that I've learned previously and recently, I still have the same amount of respect for Abraham Lincoln as president. Now, other people, especially black folks, they'll disagree. They'll say, oh, he a racist. Then those niggas will say something like, oh, well, these niggas, these niggas aren't racist or this nigga's not a racist, but he used black people um, as as pretty much a stepping stone in the Civil War. Even if all that shit is true, the Republican Party and the history of the Republican Party and the origin and the representation for the black, the free slave, was more prevalent than the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party used scare tactics, used the Ku Klux Klan to terrorize the blacks to vote Democrat. So that mental slavery still existed outside of the plantation. That's why they called the Democratic Party the Democratic Plantation. I'm putting y'all on game right now. I want y'all to pay attention. Hopefully we get a lot of niggas out of the Democratic Party tonight. This is like a revival. This is this is service, nigga. This is like Sunday service, but it's Monday. I'm a, I'm a day late, but fuck it. Better late than never. But the Republican Party was the party that wanted to free the slaves. The Democrats, or a.k.a. the Dixiecrats, which became later on branched into the Ku Klux Klan from some loose influence. I will say loose influence, although people stand on it. I have done several hours of research on this fact alone of the Democratic Party being involved with the Ku Klux Klan. I forgot the guy's name. Something Scott was the person who was the affiliate, loose affiliate, loose affiliate of the Democratic Party, which later on became um, a part of and became a major influence of the Ku Klux Klan. Yet he was not the founder of the Ku Klux Klan. See, that's what the, the fact checkers try to fuck you over with. Niggas like me, I'm not new to this. I'll debate these cocksuckers with glee. I don't give a fuck about these fucking people. Fucking white liberals. Black liberals. Ugh. Give me a fucking break. Can't get lower than a black liberal. I mean, shit, there's a slave. They call, they call, they call the black Republican. They call the black conservative a coon. But the real Uncle Tom's, the real, the real uh, shucking and jiving bunch are the black liberals. This is no secret. When you look at entertainers and celebrities, that's why you don't see black celebrities who will blatantly say they support Trump. It doesn't happen. Even guys like Kodak Black, who 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 gives who gives credit to Donald Trump from pretty much freeing his black ass, right? He ain't going to be out there saying Trump 2024. There's not going to be rappers and black entertainers and celebrities saying Trump 2024. I said 2020, 24. But um, 
this is like, this is a common theme here. So when the black speaks out about it, you know, that black, if he, if he has any prominence and luckily I don't have prominence, so I don't give a shit. And I speak boldly. I don't give a fuck about these uh, celebrities either. All them niggas is tap dancing, cooning, selling out. Doing a cha-cha slide. You know what I mean? Doing whatever it takes to make money. Selling their communities out. I ain't doing that. I'm just giving y'all niggas a true perspective. This is a perspective based on facts, based on research. This ain't based on uh, one video, two videos, none of that bullshit. That we're going to Germany, and Angela Merkel started to pay a price. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that shit anymore. Anyway, let's get into Benny Johnson, man. We're going to be talking about the black vote and what's going on with this uh, uprising of black voters or black Trump supporters. Hello? Hello, Betty. This is the Black Hood speaking. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Betty. We often say panic in D.C. The regime is crumbling. We mean it. I mean, honestly, like, piece by piece, chip by chip, brick by brick, we are going at these tyrannical oligarchs who wish to control your life. These people are fascistic and we hate them and we want to destroy these systems. They're antithetical to America. But what we really mean here is that these people are upset when their power begins to erode. You're starting to see that in a pretty shocking capacity. Now, they cannot win without the black vote. So what do I mean by they? I'm talking about, of course, the Uniparty, but effectively the Democrat Party, uh, that gets about 95%, 90 to 95% of the black vote every single election cycle. The Democrat Party a long time ago decided that they would stop becoming being the party of the KKK. They did found the KKK to go after. See that? Shout out to Benny. (laughs) Shout out to Benny Johnson. All right. Just just in case y'all niggas don't believe me. And I didn't listen to this previously, by the way. That's how God works. I didn't listen to this previously. Republicans. The KKK's founding charter says we're going to uh, use terrorism to go after Republicans. (laughs) Scare tactics being used on the blacks who at the time were conservative and voting Republican. Based on the information research that the Republican Party were the party that wanted to abolish slavery and used free black slaves to run such organizations. Senates, politicians, the first black Republicans were earlier on in the 1800s. And I believe the first black woman in politics wasn't until 1930 something thing that they did. They were in charge of the states that did Jim Crow and segregation and so forth. Republican Party being the limp-wristed simps that they are. Oh, yes, I hate Republicans sometimes far more than Democrats because, of course, we don't know how to win and we don't know how to be winners. Tell Donald Trump. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. The Republican Party has no idea how to win. I mean, even though the Republican Party freed the slaves and, like, have been the, the, the... overt defender of human decency and all men are created equal, they somehow lost the narrative messaging war to the Democrats because the Democrats said, well, 
white people vote about half and half. So to give ourselves an electoral advantage, we have to go after the black vote. Of course. And Republicans are just too stupid. But I think I think the Democrats have gotten a little bit smarter. <coughs> Going back to this alleged conspiracy theory that I have. Where the Democrats purposely let in illegal immigrants, give them all the benefits, including the right to vote and remind them who made it possible for them, the DNC. So you would have the new the new voting system or the new voting demographic, which is pretty much illegal immigrants that they made legal or given capabilities beyond what a legal U.S. citizen would have. Oh, yeah, it's possible. Because I said it before, I think certain Democrats gave up on trying to win over a lot of the black votes. I think the reason being is they're noticing more and more videos about black folks supporting Donald Trump. And it's not about black folks necessarily being Republican. They learn about that throughout their journey of understanding insight and information. And, you know, they are responsible for what they do with it. For me, I choose to spread it out. I don't give a fuck about who I offend. Y'all listen to sissies every fucking day. You listen to weak-minded, pathetic wimps every fucking day. You have to tolerate these people. Just like I. And maybe some of us was once at that point of being weak and pathetic and bitching and complaining and whining about the next person and and, and talking about the next person instead of focusing on what the fuck you got to do. A lot of people have been there. But it's about getting out of it. You, you can acknowledge that you're there. I mean, that's step one, as they would say. And it doesn't have to be acknowledging that you're a drug addict. It can just be acknowledging that you fucked up, having accountability. And like I said, when it comes to relationships, that's something that women don't have. You as a man, there's no excuse for you. There's no excuses. There's no participation trophies for men. For women, there's excuses. There's only excuses and participation trophies. If not, it's it's victim, it's victim shaming, or it's victim blaming, and making themselves look like the bad person. Meanwhile, they're the ones that you know initiate arguments and verbal abuse and all types of fuckery. And too muley mouth, too robotic, too. Uh, puckered up in their country clubs to understand that that was a very smart tactic because if you can somehow message to a community that uh, the other side is bad and evil and then flip all of your evils on the other side so Democrats now can flip your sins onto your political opponents then you win so Democrats said, can't just win with white voters. We have to go after minority voters. We are out of lockstep with the American people. We'll never win again. So they made that flip in the- I mean, because look, let's be honest, on the Democratic side, before the Democrats of today, and I understand a lot of the Democrats today, they don't consider themselves racist. But in all actuality, if they could, they would just have their party 
and wouldn't need to incorporate blacks, meaning that they would just have their values. And if black people have their values, then cool. If not, then fuck them. Going forward, they have more to lose losing the black vote than they did in the past. And I think in some situations, it's a class thing. In some areas, you'll have more low-level liberals. And low-level low level liberals are just like liberals in Jersey or liberals in New York City, liberals in like downtown or South Central L.A. It's low-income area, middle-income area type of environment. You have hoods and bad neighborhoods scattered around the entire city. You have little to no job opportunities or anybody who's even doing anything big besides the extreme, which for them, it's going to college or doing something like that. You really don't have a lot of hope in these areas, but these areas have been ran by Democrats throughout the decades. Places like Chicago, places like Detroit, all right? Places like Baltimore, places like Philadelphia, okay? All these areas that I'm pointing out, right? Um, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, like places like that, all ran by Democrats. And compare and contrast the crime, the corruption, and the blatant hypocrisy that is pushed on by these political parties, more importantly, the Democratic Party. 80s, and it turned it up, cranked it to 10, 11, 12 in the 90s, and now you have a voting block of Democrats who are in the 90 to 95 percentile, but what happens if you lose a little bit of that? What happens if that erodes? Well, then you have a real crisis on your hands. Check this out. We're talking about Biden losing support among Latino voters. Today, it looks like he's losing support among black voters as well. This headline Yikes. in the messenger politics, Yikes. black voters saved Biden in 2020. Democrats now see a red flag in slipping support. Fox News voter analysis and poll of support among. Holy crap. Just stop there. Just look at this. So if they're leaving one party, where do you think they're going? See, this is a simple question you would ask your sort of routine Democrat, right? Well, they'll say, well, they'll just be, they'll be independent, you know, and what does that mean? If they're independent and they're not voting for Biden, what does that mean? You think that there wasn't a percentage of independents that voted for Trump and that are going to vote for Trump 2024? So... It's obvious that a lot of the noise that's been staring up and just like how I predicted, it's going to be an explosion and it's just going to be just. It's going to be a repeated process of black people uh, supporting Trump, doing TikToks about Trump, shit like that. Uh, content, more black content creators from a conservative perspective, which is refreshing. It's refreshing, but it's more important that, and like I said, I don't, I don't look at conservatives as much of an answer to anybody's issues. I think it's only a viewpoint, but it's a more, it's more of an, it's more of a viewpoint that I have 
uh, that being said, it's very important to not be a cookie cutter conservative. And I've said it before, a cookie cutter conservative can be a Steven Crowder. It can be a Ben Shapiro. I'll mention these people because I don't give a shit. It can be these type of people, right? Where they always have a squeaky clean polish to them. But behind the scenes, ain't so squeaky clean, you know? <laughs> it's just not it's not as clean as people think. And then these people become scumbags and these people become, you know, pieces of shit. Not personally. I don't really care either either or about either one. I'm just using them as an example as a cookie cutter conservative. You're um, jet flying, top flight, limousine liberal. They're not on the side of the people, just like the cookie cutter conservative. But the cookie cutter conservative is more relatable. And see, that that is the edge that a lot of conservative men have over liberal men. It's the basic instinct of either being a provider as a man or being a protector of those around you as man. Liberals don't like one. They don't like guns. They don't like weapons. They're not protecting nobody. They're running from the first incident or the first altercation they come across. Or worse, they pull their phones out and start recording the, the confrontation. So it's like these guys, they're not they're not doing nothing. You know what I mean? So when people talk about conservatism, it's a thin line because like I don't I don't really fit that description or I don't necessarily go by that narrative. I believe that at one point marriage and long term relationships were meaningful for not just women. But for men, but those days are long gone, okay? Right away, just to point it out, those days are long gone. And because of that, I think men don't have the necessary tools to realize it. And by tools, it simply can be experience, Right. It can be something you've learned from past relationships or something you've learned from past dates, past interactions, past women you slept with. A lot of guys just aren't fucking bitches. And it's not to shame men. I mean, to be perfectly honest, in a lot of ways, they're fortunate. If they think about it, they don't really have that stress. I mean, they naturally have an anxiety and stress towards sex towards something they haven't gotten but at the same time realistically if you think about it you only have expectations you don't really have that experience so therefore in a lot of ways you don't have the stress that comes with it for guys that know you know so what comes with all of that uh passion is in fact the pain the burden of dealing with not all not all not all but most of these women these numbers 2020 black voters eight percent for trump 2023 20 for trump joe biden losing 30 points 90 to 60 30 points 
Trump more than doubling his support among the black vote. You realize what you're seeing on screen here is the end, the crumbling of the Democrat Party. You you see no more Democrat Party. Democrat Party cannot win with these kind of numbers. The system collapses in on itself. It is impossible for them to win with just losing small fractions, much less the kind of erosion like this. 30 points? Yeah, okay. And then after Donald Trump's mugshot was released, what you saw was people from all walks saying, wait a second, Donald Trump's been talking about a rigged system. And now he has proven that the system is rigged. That's why the streets look like this in Atlanta when Donald Trump drove through. Here we go again. Here we go again. The streets look like this. Look at the numbers on the <laughs> numbers on this tweet. 12 million views, 62,000 retweets. 200,000 likes. Look at the people cheering for Donald Trump as he drives by. They're <laughs> chanting free my N-word Trump. And they're saying fame. <sighs> free my N-word Trump. Okay. Free my N-word, Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's enough. We're already an hour and 10 minutes. This is technically for the morning time for Tuesday morning. But I do possibly plan on doing something in the morning for Tuesday. But if not, I will have this hour and 10 minute to an hour and 12 minute episode. And uh, we're going to keep things, you know, just how it is, copacetic. Same routine. Um, if I do something in the afternoon, it will most likely be under an hour. I'll just give a warning about that. And I'm going to try to keep a consistent schedule here with recording. Um, I've been really trying to do sort of the 30 minute drive to work thing. So I think I'm going to stick to that. And also incorporate that into the uh, afternoon. I called them uh, AM or morning slash noon chapel. All right. That's what it's going to be called. Morning slash noon chapel. So when I wake up, have this episode uploaded for you guys to listen to Tuesday morning. I will try and work on the first 30 minutes, which I have a, a, a short video to go through for that. Matter of fact, let me just, uh, now nah, I'm going to do that later on. I wanted to reorganize everything because I have at least about four videos um, lined up for uh, pretty much tomorrow and Wednesday, depending on um how much of the video that I do. I have one video that's like 32 minutes long, but I think I'm going to save that for the end of the week. But anyway, as I always say, in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. Signing out. Peace.